0: Hello, (laughs) good evening, I hate to stop you, it's so much fun talking to everybody and hugging everybody, I want to get down there with you. (laughs) Welcome everyone, it's so great to see you, you know I'm kind of tired of, of Happy New Year so I'm going to say Blessed New Year, have a Blessed New Year, same word right, blessed and happy, Blessed New Year. Um, do we have anyone that's new here tonight for the first time to the Women's Ministry? Go see your hands. Oh, we have quite a few. All right. Welcome. We welcome you. Um, since you're here for the first time, I'm not the pastor's wife. <laughs> you know? Connie, our pastor's wife, is on retreat our administrator is on retreat so I'm wearing a couple of hats tonight my name is Pat Jackson I am going to do the teaching and then I'll put on Nini's hat and do the announcement so you know they kind of like no pressure Pat you, you can do it all <laughs> but welcome everyone so glad to have you and uh, we're going to continue on through the book of Nehemiah and I'll explain and review a little bit for you but before we get started let's start with a word of prayer would you pray with me Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. And as we look at this book of Nehemiah, this godly man and the example that he gives to us, Lord, I pray that in the name of Jesus we would be able to take that home with us. We'd be able to look at the characteristics of this man and say, Yes, I want to be a godly woman. I want to follow hard after you, Lord Jesus. I want to be an example to this world, this fallen world that we're in. And we need to be your examples, Jesus. So would you help us to do that? I pray, uh, Father, for the, the church staff that is on retreat, that you would bless them, that you would give them new vision for our church for this year, Lord. And uh, just protect them and anoint them, Lord. And for us tonight, just pray your Holy Spirit would come and fall on this place. And, Lord, that you would bless these words in Jesus' name. Amen. We have computer. Good. Okay, we're ready to go. So. Those of you here first time, we're going through the book of Nehemiah, and when we first talked about this book, I went, oh my goodness, this is an Old Testament book. What in the world could we learn from Nehemiah? But I have to tell you, I am falling in love with this guy. He is such an amazing guy. Just to give you a review uh, from where we started we saw that Nehemiah, now remember, this, the, the Jewish people were in captivity by Babylon, and then it was overtaken by, by the Persians. So at this point, they're kind of getting toward the end of their captivity. It was a 70-year captivity, but Nehemiah is still in captivity, and he um, is a cupbearer for the king of Persia. And that doesn't sound like too much being a cupbearer, but this man was really important because guess what? Everything the king ate... Everything the king drank, Nehemiah had to check it first to make sure it wasn't poisoned. So if Nehemiah croaked, right, then the king went, okay, you know. So he trusted Nehemiah, and we, we can see that he found favor with Nehemiah. He was such a godly man. So what happens is, you know, he, he gets word, Nehemiah gets word that the walls of Jerusalem and the gates have been burned and the city, the holy city, I mean, it's so important to the Jewish people, right, that it's broke, everything's broken down, it's in ruins and it says it burdened his heart and he went before the Lord and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he went to the king. Now, this was very scary because you don't go before the king with a problem, when you go to the king, you've got to keep smiling. So the king said, what's wrong, Nehemiah? What's wrong? He never saw him like that. And he t- told him about his burden for his, his city and that he wanted to go and help rebuild the walls of, of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And would the king release him? And this is why I know the king found favor with him. He said, oh, absolutely, you can go, Nehemiah, but will you come back? He said, I will return, which is an amazing thing. And Nehemiah does keep his word. You'll see as we go through this book, he does return back into captivity. Isn't that amazing? But here's the cool thing. The king made him a governor. He gave him letters that when he went to the forest, that they had to not only let him go through the forest, but they had to give him timber to build the wall. He, and he just provided everything for him with all these letters. So we know from that, just reading up to where we are, we're in chapter 5. So that's kind of the first part of Nehemiah. So he's on his way to Jerusalem to build the wall. And so as we look at this, as we look at Nehemiah, we just see this godly man. You know, he, he prayed and prayed before he went before the king to make sure. And his heart for his, for his city, for, for Jerusalem... I mean, he just loved it. He loved his city. It just broke his heart to see it broken down. He was a faithful man. He was a, we'll see, he's a godly leader because he's actually leading all these people and building the wall. And he's a man of his word. He said he's going to come back, he will come back. And he always conducts himself in, in a godly fashion. And the most important he feared, in that Hebrew root for fear, is reverence. He reverenced the Lord. And he had a heart to serve. So, our lesson tonight is titled, Le- whoops, I think, yeah, Leading by Example. That's our, our study that we, we want to look at Le- Nehemiah and go, you know, this man was a great leader, a great godly leader. And look at these characteristics and say, I want that. I want to be like that. So, last time we were here, last year, 2019, we had uh, went through Nehemiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. I'm just going to bring you up to speed, so because we're going to go on from there. We're going to finish the book of, uh, or the chapter 5. So, here's, here's what's happening. Uh, Nehemiah finally gets to Jerusalem with, with all of this stuff. And when he got there, these two guys, Sanballat and Tobiah... The two bad guys, I call them. They didn't want the walls rebuilt. They didn't want Jerusalem to go back to the way it was. And they tried to stop him. But Lord, the Lord gave Nehemiah discernment. He was such a godly man. And he said, you know, he said, come on out and talk to us. We want to talk to you. And Nehemiah goes, mm-mm. He knew. The Lord knew uh, not to let Nehemiah go out there because they were going to do something bad to him. So here's the enemy on the outside. Now he's there building the wall, got everybody going, yay, yay, everybody's building the wall. And re- it's going along, and then all of a sudden, the enemy comes from within, within his own people. And, you know, isn't that true for us, too, that the enemy comes from within sometimes, right, in our very own family? Very Sometimes even in our friends that the enemy will come and try to destroy what you're trying to do for the Lord, to try to bring you down, to try to discourage you. So that's what's happening. The work is actually stopped on the wall now. And this is the, the bad part. The wealthy Jews that were there, they were loaning money to the, the people they didn't have too much because they needed food, so they were mortgaging their land. It says they even had to sell some of their children into slavery just to get money to buy food that's what was happening and nehemiah saw this and it just he had this it angered him and he had this righteous anger and he went to these men these these wealthy men and said what are you doing what are you doing to the people and here's an interesting thing that i found out one of their laws now remember this is old testament So they're under Mosaic law. And these wealthy guys knew this scripture. Look what it says in Exodus uh, 22, 25. It says, if you lend money to any of my people who are poor among you, you shall not be like the money lender to him. You shall not charge him interest. How plain is that, right? They knew better. So Nehemiah goes, you guys are wrong, so... What they did is they listened to him. This is He's really a powerful guy because they listened to Nehemiah. They said, okay, we will return all of the interest to the people. And they did. They returned all of the interest. And then everybody's, woohoo! here we go again. Now the wall's starting to be built again. And everybody comes together, and the wall's b- being built. So that brings us up to where we are, right? So he confronts him. And I kind of uh, like the last sentence in our last study uh, last week said... Um, Well, last week, I mean last year. (laughs) All the assembly said, amen, and praise the Lord. Then the people did according to the promise. The wealthy guys promised to give them back their interest, and everybody was good. So now the wall is being built. And here we are in Nehemiah chapter 5, verses 5 through uh, 19. And we're going to look at uh, verses 14 and 15, and and we'll, we'll talk about this. Let me read it to you. It says, for the entire 12 years that I was governor of Judah... "'From the 20th year to the 32nd year of the reign of King Artaxerxes,' I know how to say this, "'Artaxerxes,' thank you so much, "'neither I nor my officials drew on our official food allowance. "'The former governor, in contrast, had laid heavy burdens on the people, "'demanding a daily ration of food and wine. "'Besides 40 pieces of silver, even their assistants took advantage of the people.' But because I feared God, I did not act that way. That's Nehemiah talking, okay? Because he feared God. And like I said, that Hebrew word is reverence. He reverenced God. And, you know, I think, at least for me, the fear of God, I think, is a good thing because it kind of keeps me accountable. You know, when we think about the Almighty God and and what we're doing, um, I think fear is a good thing. In Psalm 111.10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praises endure forever. So we see that fear is a good thing because it brings, it says it's the beginning of wisdom. And how do we get wisdom? You girls know this scripture, James 1, 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. In other words, ask me for wisdom, I'll give it to you. I don't think it's wrong that you ask for wisdom. We need wisdom, girls, in the world that we're in. We need that godly wisdom. And where is that godly wisdom going to come from? The word of God. Amen? So we see that fear is, is, is good. It brings wisdom. Wisdom brings understanding. Wisdom comes from reading the word of God. Also biblical teaching, right? Tonight, we're looking at scripture. We're, and every time we look at scripture, we just kind of take it into our heart. And, and you know, we, we, that's how I call it my manual for life. You know, without the word of God in my heart, how would I know even how to act or to respond to people? So important, loved ones. If you're not reading the word, I just, you know, I don't want to put a guilt trip on you. I'm just saying, if you really want this wisdom and you really want this understanding that we're talking about here, it's in the word of God. You need to read the word of God. Going on in uh, uh, Psalm 110, it says, the fear of the Lord gives us good understanding. Psalm one forty-seven five says, "Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite, above and beyond." I mean. We could never fully grasp it. I, that's what the other thing I love about the word of God. As many times as I go through it again and again and again, every time I learn something new, I went, oh, oh, I missed that. How did I miss that? That's why it's so good to just keep going back and keep going through again again and again. So it's infinite. His understanding is beyond really our understanding. Proverbs 19.8 says, He who gets wisdom loves his own soul, and he who gets understanding loves, We'll find good. We'll find good. I want to do that. I want to get that understanding and find good. So this godly fear, it says for all those. It also said for all those who do the experiments. Well, what are the commandments? Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 37, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And this is interesting, this scripture, when Jesus is responding the Pharisees were testing Jesus, and they sent one of their lawyers to him. and said, go ask him, what's the greatest commandment? We're going to trap him and see what he says, because he's going to say, probably thou shalt not kill, or whatever, right? So they send the lawyer there, and this is Jesus' response to him. This is the greatest commandment. And he later on said, if you keep this commandment, you will fulfill all of the other commandments. If you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, that's all of our understanding, everything within us, your soul, that's where our emotions are, and with all of your mind, that's our thought life, and that's where we generally have a little problem, is that thought life. But this is something we have to learn. But this is the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. Psalm 156 says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, because the last of that psalm said, his praise endures forever. So I love that. We've got breath. You got breath. Praise the Lord. Let everything have breath. Praise the Lord. Okay, going back to Nehemiah, the last part of verse 15, he said he didn't take all these provisions because he said, I feared God and I didn't act that way. He didn't act that way because of this godly fear, this reverence for God, and his actions spoke for that. There's an old saying, it says, actions speak louder than words, don't they? I mean, I could say something and turn around and do just the opposite thing. You say, yeah, well, yeah, I'm not going to trust her anymore. She, she, she doesn't follow through. We see that that's not true of Nehemiah. And so you and I want, want to learn to do that. And so listen to what... Um, what Nehemiah said, that we, uh, the scripture I just read to you, he says he was governor for 12 years, right? He supported himself and his officials. He wasn't like the other greedy governors because he feared God. He didn't take the portions he could have. You know, he was, he was the governor. He could have got the best of the best. But he didn't do it. He didn't want to do that because he wanted to sh- give people an example of a godly man. And that's what we're, where we're coming from. We want to be those kind of examples to the world, to whoever we run into. We want to be a godly example. So how do you and I conduct ourselves in the world now? Let's bring it back to our time and age. Second Corinthians 1:12 says, "For our boasting is this: the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom." but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. So Paul is telling the Corinthians how to how to conduct themselves, you know, with simplicity. And wasn't Jesus simple? Everything he said was so simple. People tried to make it confusing. It was simple. He gave simple instructions. Love the Lord your God, right? He he's, That's the easiest thing. To me, that's the easiest commandment, loving the Lord your God. The hard part is loving your neighbor, but we'll get to that another time. (laughs) So to live in the world with simplicity and sincerity, godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, and by the grace of God. And especially to those, it says, uh, the house of God, which is us, the Christians, right? So let's talk about simplicity for a minute. It, It means living a life that doesn't boast of its possessions. It doesn't call attention to ourselves. It's pure, it's gentle, and lowly, exactly like our example of Jesus. What did he say? Matthew 11, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's what I want to be. I want to be gentle, and that lowly means that you're going to esteem others higher than yourself. You're going to put somebody else before yourself. That's the hard life lesson that we have to learn, and it takes a while to learn that. I'm not saying I've arrived, but it's something that I I need to work on. And I think all of us do. So you're not going to tell me, but I'm just going to confess: I have to work on that part, you know, to because our our natural um, nature is we're number one, right? We, we've always been number one, and now Laura's saying you no. Know, that person is number one. You step back. You let them go before you or, or whatever. You know, sometimes in a grocery store. You know, especially I see somebody, I've got a big, big load of groceries, and I see somebody with two or three items standing behind me. I mean, I let them go. You know, don't let them stand there. Look around. See what's going on. That's just being kind because we want to be kind to people. We want them to see that. So going back to Nehemiah, verses 16-18 says he continues saying, "Indeed, I also continued the work on this wall, and we did not buy any land. All my servants were gathered there for the work, and at my table were 150 Jews and rulers, besides those who came from us, came to us." from the nations around us. Now, that which was prepared daily was one ox, six sheep, six choice sheep. Also, fowl were prepared for me, and every ten days an abundance of all kinds of wine. Yet, in spite of this, I did not demand the governor's provisions, because the bondage was heavy on the people. You see, he could have taken all of that. But he said, no, because that puts a burden on the people. He's always thinking about other people. I love this about Nehemiah. So everybody was back working, but, and, and you know, I look, he, he fed 150 people. That's a lot, plus some. That's a lot of people who so definitely had the, guest, the gift of hospitality. But I love that, that he uh, is just not taking Not taking what he could have had because it it would have seemed like it elevated him. I think, you know, like, I I want the best of this and the best of that. No, he took the regular stuff with everybody else. So that's also a good life lesson for us. And um, in hospitality, I believe that you, every one of us, have a gift of hospitality. Don't you love to have people come over to your house? I love it when people come to the house and, and have dinner with us. And it's just... It just, it feels good. I love to have Christians come into my house because it just fills my house with the Holy Spirit. And it's just good. It's koinonia. It's what you guys just did before I interrupted you. You were having koinonia. You were having conversation with each other. And we need to build each other up. And and you do that through friendships. and, And, you know, Jesus, he ate with a lot of people, right? You notice he was always, like, going and eating with people, the unbelievers. But he always had a good message for them whenever he went. So let's look at hospitality for a minute. First Peter 4, 9 through 10 says, Cheerfully share your, your home and those who need a, a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You see, if you have a nice house where you can have people over, then have people over. Be generous. Be kind. Use the gifts that God has given you. And I love that Nehemiah never put himself above anybody else. And then Jesus gives us an example of, of serving. And I want to, before I put the scripture, I just want to give you a little background on this scripture. It's kind of funny, and I'm going to, this is going to be a pat paraphrase, okay? What happened was the sons of uh, Jebedee, I think it was, um, it was John and James. They went to their mom, and they said, can you go ask Jesus that when he gets in his kingdom, can we sit on each side of him? I mean, I'm paraphrasing, okay? So he, she goes to Jesus, and Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. Can, you take and, can they take and drink the cup that I drink? And, and then the other disciples heard about it, and they got upset. So then Jesus gives them a the lesson about serving one another, and this is what we see in Matthew 20, 26 through 28. This is Jesus. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you let him be your servant, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You see the lesson there don't seek uh prominence don't don't seek to um, try to be better than somebody else. just you kind of you know that thing we have called ego, you know, but seek to serve one another. So what does the word of God tell us about uh, esteeming one another and thinking of others first? This is one of my most favorite scriptures, and I I hope you would highlight it in your Bible because it's a great uh, scripture. Philippians 2, 3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than Herself. I'm going to change that to herself, okay? Let, you, you know, it, we in this, loved ones, I'm telling you, it, this is a hard lesson, the scripture. Learning to put other people before you. is something we have to learn. It's not our nature to do it. So it's a, it's a life lesson. Let, let's kind of break it down a little bit. That, that selfish ambition or conceit means strife or vainglory. Uh, it says in lowliness of mind. In other words, we're not, no longer number one and we're of one mind and one accord, and to esteem, esteem others better than myself. how do you and I do that? It takes love, not my love, God's love, agape love. That's the kind of love with no strings attached. I love you just the way you are, just the way you are. That's what we have to learn to do accept people. Esteem is to put them above us. That means no matter who they are, if they're giving you a problem or whatever, you got to love them. Not with your love. With God's love. And it's I'm working on it. I have not arrived but sometimes in my mind when someone approaches me you know, kind of like this, I just keep saying agape, 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 you know, use agape, use agape. Sometimes you just zip it and walk away, you know, you you have to do that. But in my mind, I'm always oh, agape, agape. Remember agape, you know, try to, God's love, no strings attached. Love them just the way they are, no matter what. No matter what. A great life lesson for you and I. And there's only one way you and I can do it, and that's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because like I said, our natural Being, we don't want to do that. (laughs) It's not natural for us. It's supernatural. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's the one that says, "Mm, I don't think you should respond to that, you know? I actually, I'll just share a little personal story with you. I actually, when I found out about this, I used it on my husband because we were having a little serious talk, I'll put it. We were disagreeing, and um, I thought, I'm just not going to say anything, and I'm going to go away, and I'm going to pray. And I prayed, and I prayed, and two two days, (laughs) two days later, and I went back, same subject, but the whole atmosphere changed. I went, oh my goodness, it works. This really works. Agape works. When you step back and let God give you the words, He'll change everything. It's amazing. I use it on him all the time. He doesn't even know it, you know? So it, it works, girls. Agape, it works. It, it teaches us, and the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to help you with that. So what does love look like? What does this love look like? Romans twelve nine through 10. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference To one another. Giving preference to one another. And a beautiful example of of serving. And putting others before yourself, Jesus gives us. This is uh, when um, he he had come. The disciples they were all together. And remember he washed their feet. How humbling is that. The king of heaven. Who came to earth. Got down on his hands and knees. And washed the disciples feet. Now that's serving. That's what the scripture is in John 13, uh, 14 through 15. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. Beautiful lesson, huh? And he's the Lord of, of all, and yet he got down and washed their feet. He gives us another uh, uh, admission on uh, Matthew 25 through uh, verse 40. He says, and the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Now, what he was talking about, the verses before that, he was telling them, he said, uh, if, if I was hungry, did you feed me? If I was thirsty, did you give me a drink of water? If, if you, I was a stranger, would you take me in? If um, I was naked, will you clothe me? If I was in prison, would you come visit me? And so this is what he's saying. If you do it to the least of these, you have done it unto me. And so that's what I put in my mind. Lord, it's not that I'm doing it. I'm doing it something for them, but I'm doing it as unto you because I want to please you. I want to do what you want to do. So that's something for us to learn. So going back to the last sentence in Nehemiah, Uh, Verse 19, it says, I love this. Remember me, my God, for good according to all that I have done for this people. I love that. Remember me. Don't forget about me, God. Here I am. I'm still here. Help, you know, because he so trusted God for everything. And I want to be like that, don't you? I want to trust God for everything in my life, no matter what it is. Even though it seems bad, the circumstance is bad, we can step back and say, Lord, I'm just going to give it to you. Sometimes what I like to do is, when I have a whole bunch of things going on, I I like to visualize like I I put them in a package, you know, a box, and I take them to the throne room of God and leave them there. Lord, I, I can't deal with this. I need you to deal with this. You know, that's, that again, loved ones, that's something we have to learn to do. But the more you do it like anything else, it becomes just Natural. It becomes second nature. Okay, let's just summarize what we learned so far by Nehemiah. We saw that he led by example, for sure. He was a great example. Um, he, was, he was a man who feared and referenced God. He walked the walk and didn't just do the talk, right? He was hospitable. He served others. He esteemed others higher than himself. And he always put others first. And he loved them. He loved them for the way they were. He would no... Even these wealthy guys, right? Even though he got mad at them, you know, he loved them. I mean, he fed them, right? He took care of them. So remember that whatever we do for others, we are doing unto the Lord. And I just wanted to remind you of something Pastor Jeff said uh, two weeks ago. He, he said, this is my vision for the church, for this church, for Calvary Chapel. He said three things. Scripture, service, sanctification scripture meaning we need to get in the word and stay in the word service we need to serve one another that's what we're talking about here serving one another. sanctification that means being set apart we're not we're in the world but we're not part of the world you know what i'm saying we we're in there to be an example loved ones we need to be an example to the world because it's not going to get any better it's not getting any better it's getting worse we need to be the examples. They need to, when they see you and how you respond, they need to see Jesus. They need to see Jesus. And that's something that you know, we really have to work on. That's the end of Nehemiah chapter five. Next week, uh, Connie will be back, and we'll start Nehemiah chapter six. Um, I'm going to close with prayer, and then I have a few announcements for you, so let's close with prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you how it just pierces our heart, Lord, and our thoughts and and our emotions that we so want to do what you want us to do. We so want to be godly women. We so want to be a good example to the world. Lord, would you help us to do that? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit that he would lead and guide and teach us? Lord, give us that wisdom. Give us that understanding. Lord, bless these women. Touch their hearts, Lord. And just pour out your Holy Spirit upon them. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that there's lessons always in your word, Lord. You teach us so much, and we're so thankful. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, my darlings, I'm going to put on another hat now. I'm me, the administrator. She does announcements. So what I want to say, those of you that came to the ladies' celebration and brought food, Thank you so, so much. We had more than enough food. Last time we ran out, it was amazing. So thank you so much for that. So you're going to do Lesson 9 at your tables today today. But be sure and pick up a package. There's a homework package uh, on that little table right there on the left as you go out. That's our next set of, uh, it's part two. And we'll start with lesson 10 next week, which will be Nehemiah chapter 6, okay? So that you can keep up. Um, See, I already asked, so welcome to the new people here. And I hope that you will take a homework package because what we do now is we just go over the lesson. We're going to go over lesson nine. There's a leader at every table that's going to help you. And this is the good part because we get to talk about what we learned. And it it asks some questions, and it has some scriptures for you to look up. So it's a beautiful time of fellowship. So that's what we're going to do for the next half hour. Uh, We will close at 830. So enjoy your group time, and God bless you all, and it was great being here. Thank you for listening.